This is Dollars and Sensibility with Tom Stone, and we're going to talk about what you really want. And at the end of the day, how to get what you really want is to understand money. Guild Mortgage, NMLS number 3274, Tom Stone, NMLS number 257849. The information contained in these podcasts are for educational purposes only and do not necessarily express the opinions of Guild Mortgage. So first of all, let's get to know each other a little bit here. How about I'll go first. My name is Tom Stone. And the reason I'm doing this podcast is honestly, I like to answer questions. I like to hear what people are really thinking. Sometimes when someone maybe in this seat that I have right now says, hey, I know how to talk about this or I can do that or solve this problem. And we never really get to the root of what someone's really asking. So to me, I think the power of asking questions and learning how to ask the right questions to get to the actual point of what we're talking about is valuable. So I'll be honest with you, the content of this podcast has come from the fact that I have gathered questions over the years from my clients that I thought, well, that's a really good question. I, I need to look at that and go further into it. With that, myself, I have been in the mortgage industry for almost 30 years. I'm going on my 29th year. I started in 1994. I graduated from the University of Utah with a degree in behavioral science, of all things. Now, people say, well, how did you get here? And the answer is, that's a good question. I literally was going through college with a, a sure bet. I had a, a job lined up, ready to go. I had a, an HMO, which are now no longer existent, hence why I don't have a job offer anymore. But I, I spent my whole senior year in college with a real job offer, really good pay. I knew somebody, basically. I knew someone there. And so they said, you got a job once you're graduated, we'll set you up with this and go from there. Sweet. Well, I graduated and guess what? The guy who said he had a job all of a sudden lost his job. And as a result, I lost mine that I never had. But a whole year of like this pure confidence came along. What do I do now? I'd actually gone through, I want to be a physical therapist. I want to be an accountant. I wanted to be a healthcare administrator. And at the end of the day, what I realized was I really enjoy the idea of the business side of all those things. Even when I thought I might be a physical therapist, I thought about how I would build businesses, how I would have different offices and make it happen. I love the idea of taking numbers. And people, by the way, who are good at math aren't always good with financial math. It's way different. If someone says, well, I'm good with trigonometry or geometry, Algebra, by the way, is the closest. That's actually a pretty good one because you're solving for X. But that was my, that's my thing. I love talking about that. I love the business values because it's also fun because if people know numbers in money, there's also emotion. There's a personal side of things. There's things where money, you say, okay, I've done my budget, but it doesn't satisfy other pieces or parts of your life and your budget doesn't work out. And so people say, or some people are so defined with their budget and they're really good at that, but they miss maybe some of the personal side of things and don't allow themselves some of the life's beauties. So that's the combination of things that I love about talking about financial math or money in general. I love talking about it. And when I hear people's questions, you know, well, how come or how does that happen? 
And the other thing that's really incredible or important or unique is that there's things in life that we hear every day, like mortgage, like wills and trusts, like stocks and bonds, <laughs> insurance. We all heard it. We hear it every day, but we generally don't know much about them. Yet it can control or at least give us a pathway all the way through. And without a true understanding of that, we're going to end up in spots and say the, the comment, how did I get here? And is money everything? No. Is it a lot? Um, yeah. I'll be honest with you. If you can have finances under control, that means you know and get to live where you want to live. Certainly work where you want to work. If you want to have children or not children, that's going to be a determining factor and just so on and so on. And so I think some people look at money. In fact, one of my favorite quotes, I keep it right here at my desk. And it was a magazine article I found in MSN Money. And it was a gentleman who interviewed uh, people who were very successful financially. And like, we're going to get to know all the details of this particular group of people that said, have you found any commonalities among the people you've interviewed? And this is the answer. Their personality styles varied. Some are introverts, some are extroverts, but the belief systems around money are the same. That was the only thread that really helped me throughout the process. They all have a really positive relationship with money. They think about money in terms of freedom as opposed to the negative relationship a lot of people have with money. Well, in my world and in my experience, I grew up in a home where money was very negative. We knew every month when it was mom and dad sitting down at the kitchen table talking about budget because it was a very negative experience. There was always a disagreement that came from it. And so I was raised in an environment where you had to save and, and tell yourself no, 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 no all the time so that you could make sure, you know, that nothing ever happened. And credit to my own parents that my dad did try a couple of business ventures that failed. And so by that, he became exceptionally conservative and just said, I can't do that. And so they've, they've created a space and place in their conservative ways that they feel uh, that comfortable. They feel very comfortable where they're at. Me, I was looking at it and go, man, do you know you could this, 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 and this? And they're like, yeah, that's okay. You learn to say no enough times, you just accept it. That's not a bad place, but you know, what if you wanted to travel? What if you wanted to experience different things and new things? What if you wanted to buy that new vehicle? What if you wanted to fill in the blank? And it isn't, and, and I was raised in an environment, maybe even socially, not just my family, that if you were really poor, that was kind of like a badge of honor. Like that was a, definitely a good thing. And no question about it, those who can rub two nickels together and make it happen, wow, total credit. Some of these countries and people have really, that's all they have. But I've looked at it and said, man, the, I've seen people who have the finances and if done right, they can actually serve. They can actually do more. And that's not to say that anybody, especially my parents don't do that. But man, if you have more money, more opportunity, more financial freedom, then that freedom is something that you can either volunteer your time or you can give back. And I'll be honest with you. That's a feel good. That is a real feel good. And to me, the conservative nature of money, sometimes, maybe a lot of times, creates a selfishness and that's not to accuse anybody. But if all you're worried about is your own budget and your own money and your own place and your own things, 
then you don't have the energy and time and the capacity and ability to think of someone else. So I took the way I grew up and I looked at it. By the way, I think I was a, a child that watched and I would say, well, how come that person this? How come that person that? And I just took those pieces. And one of the things I heard over and over and over again from adults was they would talk about, man, I could have bought that 10 years ago or 20 years ago, or I could have this if I only had done that. And one thing I just literally took with me from a child into my life now was I'm never going to let that happen to me. I'm going to take advantage of the opportunities that come my way. And so there are times when I have bought real estate, mostly I've invested in stocks and bonds. I've also invested in dot coms that didn't work and some other things. And I, I took that principle and said, I just don't want to be the one that said I could have done that. I had a chance and I didn't take it. And so honestly, that's how I raised my family. I have four children. My oldest is 26. My youngest is 17. And it's fun to watch them. Um, and my and my daughter-in-law too. These are these are drivers. They drive to, uh, to succeed, not only in finances, just in life generally. Really fun. Very proud of them. They're all in some um, capacity have created their own businesses. And it's fun to watch them buy their own houses and create their own stock portfolios and things at, at, at a young age. And, and please forgive me if I sound like I'm bragging, but I do tend to brag a little bit when it comes to my kids. I, I just am so, so proud of them. I have, I have a deep admiration to watch them. I guess if I was to say what I did was don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do something. And then my hope is that I would say not only that, but it was like, give them some skill sets. Let them, let them hear. For example, you know, the kitchen table uh, conversation for me would be not every time, but as they got to be teenagers, I'd tell them how much money I made. And then I'd tell them how I spent it and how I earned it and how much went to taxes and how much went to health insurance. So I tried really hard. Remember, I live in a world of real. I verify everything. I see everything. And I just learned that if, it, it, you know, say, well, when are they old enough to know that? I, honestly, each child's a little different, but I believe that you're done parenting by the time they're 14. Some of them are 12, 13, 14, maybe creep up to 15. But if you've done parenting right, you're done by that time. And if they haven't come to you as advice afterwards, it might be a long haul. And that's not to say anyone who could say, oh, I've messed up. No, there's still time. But if you focus on that younger time, so the time they're 18, they truly are adults as described in society, that they literally have a, a financial understanding so that when, when you talk about these things at 18, they don't have the deer in the headlights look. Because what happens is a parent doesn't, a parent didn't teach a parent, their kid, and they don't really know when to tell them. So they never understood. So they keep generationally having this lack of understanding or misunderstanding. So I guess uh, my children have heard from me the financial numbers, how it works from a, from a young age. And at this point, it's fun for me to watch them make their own choices and decisions. They've completely gone in different directions than me. None of them are doing mortgages. Uh, Elizabeth is doing social media. Uh, Tate's doing revenue operations for software companies. Caitlin is doing uh, video, wedding videos across the world. Uh, Logan's in college and Jackson's in high school and he's in the caps program which teaches young professionals uh, at you know junior seniors how to build businesses and how to create business and it's just so fun and so 
I, I believe that this is something that I owe and I think maybe we owe to the next generation to take care of us. I think it's one reason why there's a misunderstanding of, you know, such debt. You know, there's a lot of debt in the, the country, including the country itself. And how do you manage debt? Is there good debt and bad debt? The answer is yes. But how do you manage it? All these kind of questions out there that I think are appropriate to be taught, but I don't believe it needs to be left up to the teachers. I think it is up to us parents. And even if your children, your child, excuse me, is 40 and you're 60, is and they don't understand, then let's get let's get some information. Let's get in front of you. So the next 20 years, some real decisions and conversations can be had so that your financial future can bring the freedom you want. I'm going to kind of finish this intro with simply this. Being 30 years in the mortgage industry, I have a very unique perspective. I literally see everybody's checking accounts. I see their pay stubs. I see their tax returns. I see their divorce decrees. I see their tax liens. I see their credit. So I live in a world of real. I never have any pretend around me. It's a factual situation where lots of times in the world, oh, that guy is so rich or that lady is so well off or, or otherwise. And I get to see real. And one of my favorite stories, some of my clients who just have normal jobs, they literally just work, you know, the nine to five jobs. They're good at it and they do well at them. But 25 years later, they have seven houses all paid off. And I have other clients in the same boat. I have clients who are just year after year, they just methodically and carefully buy a property, rent it, and then put the money back into the property and pay off that debt, take the equity from that home and do the next one. And it's been fun for me to see over the years as they've gone from very conservative to having this financial freedom. And just, just the coolness of seeing that happen. And, and so they found an element uh, that works for them to give them that freedom. And I've found that if people understand the investment principles and they get over the, the concern or scare because they don't know how, or they understand stocks and bonds a little better, they understand the safety of insurances and how it should be paid out. They understand just the money, how it works. Yes, there's long-term investments, but also how to build businesses, how to do certain principles and things that literally give a freedom that we all desire. And so I want to share not only what I know, but there's people around me that know all this. And I want to, people to understand it on a, on a very intimate detail and get all of their questions answered so that they can feel they can take a next step in their financial freedom path. This is Dollars and Sensibility, and I'm Tom Stone. Thank you for listening, and thanks for getting real with me. So next step is to answer your questions. Come see me, Guild Mortgage. 435-654-9979 or goapplastom.com.